Cinematologist podcast presents The Films of Alice Diop. On today's episode, Neil and Dario discuss the French filmmaker Alice Diop, using four of her films currently streaming on Movie UK as a guide. They talk about Towards Tenderness, On Call, We, three of her documentaries, and her debut feature, the much-acclaimed Saint Omer. The conversation covers Diop's formidable formal approaches in both narrative and documentary, and how she blurs the lines between the two through her thematic repetitions and formal dexterity. Neil and Dario are blown away by the body of work that they have spent time with over the past month, and get to grips with Diop's themes of love, vulnerability, immigration and the diaspora, womanhood, motherhood, and language. Dario recorded his part on the road in Cologne while examining a PhD, and Neil recorded his part from his new home office in his new house in Falmouth. And he promises next time he'll have a pop shield. On with the show. Welcome to the Cinematologist Podcast. I'm Neil Fox, and joining me down the line from somewhere in Europe is Dario Linares. Hello, Dario. Somewhere in Europe. It sounds like, you know, the, the intro to a, a beginning text to some kind of futuristic film where the whole of Europe has descended into chaos from somewhere in Europe. Um, yeah, I'm actually in Cologne right now in a very nice apartment um, in the south of the city. Um, yeah, was was in Ghent for the weekend uh, with B, so we had a kind of you know weekend breaky type type thing, and now I've moved on on my own to Cologne um, because I'm examining a PhD. Um, friend of ours, Anne Korfmacher, um, is doing her PhD on podcasting, and yeah, interesting experience to sort of go through a, a PhD viva not not in the UK. So yeah. uh, I you know, obviously read her thesis and, and that's to come tomorrow, but I've got the day off today. So I'm going to record with you and then go on a, a flaneur around the city. Sounds delightful. Yeah, you were in Antwerp, weren't you? Which uh, I've never been to Antwerp, but I saw it recently in Alain Robagrier's Trans-Europe Express. So it seemed like an interesting place. So what did you make of it? Yeah, actually in, in staying in Ghent, but we did we took a day trip to Antwerp, which was very nice actually because we went to... Uh, museum central museum of fine arts but it had quite a lot of modern art in as well and it was interesting because it was sort of um it wasn't curated chronologically it was done by theme so yeah really yeah. interesting you'd get you get you know you get really interesting sort of juxtapositions so you'd see a rubens next to a magritte or a martin de vos next next to a um you know, a, a Reuters or someone like that, you know, and, and it, it had a sort of interactive ele- element to it, which sometimes I think without galleries can be a little bit gimmicky. But this one I thought worked quite well. There was this room where it did, it, it, all of the entire room was sort of a, a cinema, panoramic cinema screen. And it, it did these sort of uh, movements of, of environment, let's say, um, from one side to the other so you could kind of follow it around and, and if you sat there for a little while it had a very immersive effect a sort of uh, yeah weird sense of the idea of, of, of space 
changing and your mood changing because of that. So, uh, yeah, that was quite interesting as well. But um, Sounds great. I have had not the same level of cultural delight. Um, I have been immersed in <laughs> flat packing and unpacking. And, yeah, so we moved in just over a week ago to the house, finally, in Falmouth. And so, yeah, today's recording, I have no idea how this is going to sound. It's a very echoey room, I think, because I don't have any stuff in this room at the moment. And I'm on a busy main road. It's one day where we actually don't have any workmen in, but they've put some scaffolding up next door, so they're starting work. So this is giving me a new ambience for, for listeners, um, which I shall iron out over the next <laughs> few episodes. But, uh, yes. It might sound like I'm in an exotic locale, but I'm just in the front room office, which is very nice. I'm very happy with. Um, so yeah, that's been that's been what I've been up to is just yeah working through the unpacking of a of a new house. But it's nice to be in the space, isn't it? And, and because you've been you know struggling to get in because of uh, having to do initial work, so actually getting in the in the environment and then trying to figure stuff out is is you know a relief, I think, probably for you. Oh, it's a massive relief. Yeah. And we've got a lot done in a week. You know, I think I sent you a picture the first night where it was like the DVDs are out, the Blu-rays are out, the TV's on. So <laughs> priorities have been have been made. Um, yeah. And we've just been just been doing a bit yeah, by bit. Bed, beds or, uh, or kitchen or anything like that. As long as the DVDs are accessible, then you're fine exactly. to go. You know? Exactly. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't be without them for a moment longer. It'd been two months and I was like, this is too long. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a relief. It's been really nice. We really love the house um, and kids love it. So yeah, it's been a, it's been, a, and I've been on annual leave as well. So it's just been nice to, to just do that work really. I've been sending you probably very boring updates of like shelves I'm building or carpets I'm laying or whatever. So that's my exciting life, but uh, I'm really enjoying it actually. It's been really, really rewarding. Now there's, there, there's nothing like getting, you know, a completed flat pack shelving unit sent to you it's just the highlight of the of the day for sure um uh so this episode is a little bit on the uh, on the fly for me anyway because obviously uh, i'm away but um i'm in the process of editing an upcoming episode um which is much more of an audio audio documentary episode on cinema and and um it's its connection with the, uh, the the psychoanalytic professions from the 1950s to the 1970s, which is based on um, some research that's been done by a couple of academics in collaboration with the uh, the British Science Museum. So that's taking a little bit more time. So we decided that we're we're going to do uh, an, a kind of interim episode, and we were thinking what 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 to talk about. And Neil and I had both seen Saint Omer recently the Alice Diop film and we realized that Mubi had quite a few of of her other works which were all documentaries up to this point Saint Omer is her first feature um so we were both kind of blown away by Saint Omer in in various ways but I think also it, it it sort of inspired the possibility of some interesting avenues of discussion um, in a broader sense. So we thought we'd do a, a little bit of a, a retrospective, uh, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, yeah, kind of fortuitous, really. You were like, what should we do? And I was about to embark on, yeah, watching the Alice Diop films that were on movie and thought, yeah, this is this would be a really good 
opportunity to just yeah to just talk together about a filmmaker and a, and a collection of films and it was you know kind of a nice excuse really to to sit down with her work that was presented on movie and really think about it um rather than just kind of saint omer as a you know as a 2023 release or you know as as a kind of fiction film or whatever just as a as kind of part of a body of work which we, we've done a few times but i you know find increasingly interesting to do uh, in this way and it's really helpful i find at the moment to kind of focus my viewing in these ways to sort of you know the, the newsletter helps with this so it's like what am i what am i going to watch this month you know how am i going to sort of focus my my watching knowing that there's going to be a chance to reflect on it at the end of the month for our our patreon subscribers and yeah so th this is sort of aligned really really well and yeah i have to say that it's been kind of revelatory experience watching her work and also engaging with some other other sort of uh, interviews and and things that, she, that she's given and and sort of there's a lot of sort of reading and listening that i've been doing that sort of added a context which has just been so rich um and and fascinating and i can't wait to can't wait to kind of dig into it a bit it's really been sitting with me you know in really sort of profound ways i think her body of work um, and I'm, I'm 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 sure that it has in similar ways for you yeah definitely definitely i think that that starting from the most recent piece of work and then and working backwards i mean that there are four um of her films on movie so that those are the ones i've seen obviously um but there are eight in total and seven of them are documentaries um and yeah interesting sort of working backwards did you is that what you did neil did you did you sort of work backwards or did you get them in chronological order as it were forwards i think i did them i think i did them slight chronological yeah i did towards tenderness first um and then i did on call and then i did we and then i finished with saint Omer. so that was the order right. that i that i did it um so did you do it a different way yeah i went i worked backwards so that, that'd be interesting actually because it's it, it you'll be able to speak more to whether you can see a definite kind of development you know in terms of style or 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 interest you know theme yeah Monsieur Luissier, faites entrer l'accusé. Vous pouvez désentraver l'accusé. Veuillez indiquer à la cour vos noms et prénoms, votre date et votre lieu de naissance, ainsi que les noms et prénoms de vos parents. Je m'appelle Laurence Colli. Je suis née le 15 mars 1980 à Dakar, au Sénégal. Mon père s'appelle Robert Colli. Ma mère Odile Diata. Quelle est votre profession Étudiante. 
that that what's interesting is to come to Saint Omer as the first feature and then go back to the documentaries and you kind of you get a sense of her interest in 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 modes of storytelling and how they both evoke a sense a, a sense of truth but also the idea that storytelling is also grounded in in some in subjective experience and that subjective experience is is defined in and of itself by someone's you know context and and but but in the in the broadest sense of that their their sense of their own history and what that what that actually might mean to them so there's there's a kind of working through of what does it mean to be a person who lives in a country that has a certain kind of heritage and and how does that relate to the other people in in your community in your family uh, in your city um and then you know that the, the particularly when you come to saint omer that that sort of sense of what does it mean to have a, an affinity with a another person who is going through something that you know on on the outside is being judged as being you know highly you know as as horrific as problematic uh, an act as you can probably imagine the idea of you know somebody killing their own child especially a woman killing their own their own child and and all of the 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 you know terrible sort of taboos that that elicits um but then also interestingly how the the character who is watching you know observing from the side is kind of kind of thinking to themselves but what 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 is my relationship to this person in both the observer but also having a kind of affinity in terms of identity in terms of being a woman in terms of potentially being a mother and i think that 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 idea of what it means to be an observer and telling a story but being implicated in that story is so key to her 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 work generally but that sort of observa- observational style which i think is is being commented upon even though it's being used at the same time yeah yeah i think that's that 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 that's that's similar to sort of a lot of my responses to it it's been interesting because the before i watched any of the films i heard her give a talk at i think it was new york film festival with Frederick Wiseman and then read the sight and sound interview with Claire Denis and so I kind of had in my mind those filmmakers just as kind of I guess kind of you know dialogue points when I started the work and it's kind of amazing how her work sits in a space between those two you know that she spends a lot of time with people and focuses on them but there's a there's a kind of there's an intimacy and a sensitivity sort of t- and a tactility to a lot of her work that f- strikes me as very kind of Claire Denis and also the the use of ellipsis you know this the way she moves through time and space yeah and creates this kind of tapestry of feeling and like you said truth which i think is really interesting like the truth of the matter at hand and and it's kind of messiness but it never feels like it's presented messily it's presented very very formally and very yeah sensitively in terms of her 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 subjectivity as a filmmaker so those sort of points of reference were there and then I read a 
really fascinating interview with her last night where she was talking about her love of Chantal Ackerman. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think that there's a lot in the the construction of imagery that, and her focus on focus on space and the, the disembodied space, really. And, and you know, that I think I find it really interesting. So that I kind of, that's almost sort of seeing her in that tradition and how her work kind of moves across all three of those kinds of filmmakers, but also, yeah, brings with it a very, yeah, kind of sociological subjectivity. Sure. A very kind of bold and confident um, anchoring in terms of black experience, immigrant experience, diasporic experience, and the experience of women as a kind of statement of, of you know, validity, which I think is something that Denise done in, t- in her work, you know, kind of giving bodies that don't get that on-screen representation, a kind of, yeah, a poetic and, you know, kind of open and complex representation. I think she takes from there, but but there's a there's a very specific subjectivity to it that I think is is kind of startling when you see the work all lined up, and it and it, it does culminate, I think, in in Saint Omer in a in a really fascinating way if, in terms of thinking about those filmmakers and how this is a narrative, but how it use, uses many modes of kind of yeah observational documentary to make its points cinematically. Yeah, and, and sort of maybe to go back to the to the first film then, and we'll we'll finish maybe finish on Omer. So, on on call is the most um, formally straightforward version of of um, observational doc, I would say, out of the out of the the three documentaries before we get to Saint Omer. Um, yeah, 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 and it's the. the essentially just tells a series of stories of immigrants who are coming into this hospital in a suburb of Paris. And you have this, uh, the, 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 it's the series of consultations with these patients as they come in with um, a doctor called Jean-Pierre Girate. I think that's how you uh, pronounce it. Um, And it's interestingly sort of, sits between the discussions of the patient's kind of medical problems but then you know little by little he asks them sort of greater contextual questions about you know where they're from most of them are from from Africa and what their situation is in terms of their their status and how those two things kind of fit together in terms of what their experiences are right now so they're working you know there's this question of how each of the each of the immigrants are working their way through the bureaucratic system. Um, what treatments they require, but then also, you know, that they're, they're sort of past histories that come out through through these uh, these these conversations. And the the camera never really leaves the consulting room, does it at all? I don't think there's any exterior shot outside. So all you get no. are these articulations, these expositional stories which you know and i think that it's that radical sort of forensic lens into the articulation of the stories that over time builds up the the sort of little moments of emotions as whether it's you know and a lot of it is based on the pain of the experiences that they've had that you get to the moments of joy or 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 um 
you know, revelation or get, you know, the characters getting in touch with their emotions. I mean, there's there's a couple of heartbreaking. Well, there's quite a few sort of heartbreaking moments. There's the, the, the there's a there's a woman at one point who just completely loses it, and the doctor is is being assisted a lot of the time by a psychiatrist, um, and they're trying to reckon with not only you know the the, the the sort of singular medical issues that somebody might have, but how how they are related to the the mental states of the patients. If there's ever a film that sort of you know collapses that idea of mind body dualism, the idea that that you know you get the sense. I don't know whether you felt this that all of these the symptoms that that these that these people are feeling are in some way um, a result of their their circumstances you know in a broader sense whether it's economic or you know just to do with the traumas of the the journeys of that they've been on and having to leave their families behind and all of this kind of thing it's it, and but that comes through little by little because there is nowhere else to look essentially you know Diop puts the camera and doesn't move it and that's her directorial intervention you know what I mean obviously no I'm not going to give you a a place to to kind of escape here you have to engage with with that and it's it you know I think it it does reflect that sort of almost a sort of formalist insistence as a as a documentary filmmaker that she has absolutely yeah and it 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 is it it kind of it it grows as an experience as you said you know because you just you are so confined with these people, both the doctor, the psychiatrist, and and the patients, and then these moments where you kind of glimpse the door opens and you glimpse the the waiting room, and it kind of feels like a breath, but it's also you know loaded because you can see other patients that you've seen, you know, you, that waiting to come in. There's a real, yeah, there's a real kind of purpose to the way that that, that she shows shows things, um, and then. The other, the other sort of glimpse you get is beyond the the the, the room that the consultations happen in, which is the kind of the admin room where you have this administrator who pops in every now and again and feels very different yep. in terms of her personality and her approach to these people than the doctor and the psychiatrist who have these really kind of warm and human and complex and honest conversations which almost feel confined to this room and this room alone. You know, and then the world outside does not have these conversations. Sure. And the 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 the, sort of the thing I sort of said to myself as I was going through is like, where are these conversations happening in cinema? It's, it's almost like they're only happening in this room. Yeah. You know, these really deep examinations of immigrant experience from a a very human place. You know, it's kind of it's kind of overwhelming in its simplicity. You know, like you say, the formalism of it is so purposeful. Um, and it, I was watching, I watched a film which I talked about in the newsletter last month called Talking About Trees, which is about Sudanese filmmakers trying to reopen cinemas in um, in Sudan. And one of the, sort of the takeaways from that is how modern oppression, repression, dictatorships, colonialism, empire, you know, all these kind of, how the tools of the, uh, has shifted into bureaucracy you know, and so much of the things that stand in the way and all, you know, like you say, so kind of tire these people when they get to is such an obfuscatory bureaucracy that is designed to not let them in, you know, almost as if to say, well, we understand we have signed up to a, a refugee charter, asylum charter, whatever it is, but 
we make we're going to make it so difficult for people to access it and you can feel the exasperation on the both the the patients but also the doctor you know who just is is he's using every ounce of his being to get around so much hostile environment paperwork to these people and it's it's exhausting because it's rooted in this one space which is yeah not even a nice space you know it's a very a very banal space to have to engage in this work you know um and yeah it's it's interesting it was interesting to see it after towards tenderness and then before we and and, and feel yeah feel the strength of diop's decisions because it feels like a very different mode of filmmaking compared to those films yeah and yeah but it feels so intentional like she's very in touch with actually this is the way to this is the way i'm going to approach this subject um and these are the decisions i'm making so that presence is felt in those decisions and yeah it's kind of extraordinary i think in terms of her her ability to capture so much complexity and nuance with a very direct and simple approach which is not lazy or simplistic yeah for sure and and it's interesting how her lens also goes to the the doctor and the psychiatrist just as much in terms of how this is affecting them and you know throughout the throughout the film those you know the, the, the those two are they're not lacking in empathy but there's always a sort of a sense of um calm detachment to them which struck me as a kind of defense mechanism because if you were too almost sort of too overly empathetic and too you know consoling like everything is going to be all right yeah you know first of all you're not telling somebody the truth but second of all how do you you know you would be allowing the the trauma to to kind of affect you and and in order to do that their jobs there is a sort of sense of look i I, i'm just gonna have to listen to your story and and you know have a conversation with you but i can't get too involved because you know i you know you, you you'd have to go home and just sort of, you know, you'd be in an emotional wreck every single day. So it's interesting how they both have to, they both have to adhere to the, the bureaucratic mentality yeah. while, while demonstrating levels of empathy so that the, the, the patients know that they are actually talking to somebody who's listening to them in that, in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it it's a very yeah. it captures listening really yeah, it well. Does. It captures listening really well. Yeah. So I, I mean, again, to me, it was to me it was it was probably my. I mean, I think this one, along with Saint Omer, are the two that that without a doubt kind of work in their own conceptualization. Do you know what I mean? I think it's interesting watching that and then thinking about towards tenderness, which is. Similar in the sense of it's using um, it's using the dialogue of a series of male uh, male characters, for want of a better word, or male subjects, if we're, if we're talking about documentary or participants, um, reflecting on their understanding of the nature of relationships. Um, but it it separates out 
the the dialogue so you get an overtrack you get voiceovers and then you get just images of 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 these guys really and so you know there's a sense in which the voiceover is acting as their psychological thoughts rather than than them being interviewed to camera so it has much more of that that separation but i mean but this is really interesting particularly in the context of you know conversations about to- toxic masculinity and and you know which seem to be at the forefront of of uh, you know a lot of commentary in in cinema and wider popular culture at the moment but this was made in 2016 and i just i yeah i find i found this really sad in a way but also also kind of uh indicative of when we when we think about the problems of of how to define masculinity in contemporary society and and how we might think about the way in which boys are are raised really you know not in individual families but just generally by society and what their expectations are of themselves into in relationship to women and particularly i think there's also a sort of class and racial element here that is the undercurrent of their attitudes towards women it's just yeah it's it's really quite at times i found it quite sickening and and i just thought to myself (laughs) you know yeah i I mean again as a parent that's the, the sort of big difference between us when we're watching you know something like this it, it, it's like I, I wonder how how this reads to to a parent when you when you think about some of the things that these guys are saying in terms of their their sense of of their own identity and and the problematic ways in which their identity revolves around a particularly controlling uh, and often quite misogynistic um, attitude towards women. Yeah, and it, I think you know it's interesting being a man and watching it and thinking about yeah from a, if we you know to, to, to continue your parent th- th- you know line there before i sort of say other stuff like thinking about my my you know life as a man and where i feel i've you know succeeded and failed um you know thinking a lot in terms of failure as a man in the last year um in terms of you know, values that I haven't necessarily lived up to and how that is going to impact my daughter and my son, you know, the world that my my daughter's going to grow up in and how I have, you know, not lived the values that I necessarily wanted to um, um, or should have done in, in some ways and how that's, you know, that's there in the in the fabric of, of my life. And the both the very personal and the very kind of complex societal reasons why I've, you know, thought certain things and behaved certain ways and, 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 and where, where that line is in terms of responsibility and, um, that kind of thing. And, you know, it, it, it is hard to see that kind of representation. So, messily rendered and messily in the sense of what I found really fascinating about Towards Tenderness was how that there was a lot of very open honest kind of owning of misogyny and control and subjugation you know 
these it was unusual that these were not men who you know kind of presented a sort of men's rights activist <laughs> identity but a kind of yeah this is this is who we, this is who I am and this is why you know there was a really kind of stunning line where one of the one of the men says it's hard to talk about love we don't know what it is and that really comes across that these 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 are men who are you know unable to express themselves in any other way but the blame is never lay, laid simply at the door of society and culture you know they are implicit in its kind of you know propagation which i think is is kind of amazing yeah yeah then then there's there's amazing lack of apology here you know and 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 that's the, the thing that you that you kind of reflect on really when you when a lot of representations of men are either you know one side of the other of, of what you've just talked about they're either kind of like you know over men's activists you know where the we we've been fucked over now so it's time for our revenge as it were you know by the feminization of society whatever you know whatever you want to call it yeah. um or it's very much a kind of you know redemption story of oh yeah i realized i've been a bad man for whatever reason and i'm going to do better and these are the you know the, and, and now i recognize my own sort of culpability in in misogyny in either in an in individual or a broader sense but there's yeah that that is is absent here and i think yeah it's just, it, and it's actually fascinating to listen to just how much, you know, the idea of love and and in a more deeper sense, kind of just just basic vulnerability, is something that they these characters are completely on guard against. And even interestingly, when they're talking about homosexuality, they talk about it in a way that is completely different to other versions of, um, you know, uh, the idea that the that, that homosexuality is is bad for want of a, a better word you know that that those sort of sense of that, that sense of they weren't really they weren't really sort of decrying the sort of act of homosexuality as as somehow problematic for them it's the fact that yeah you know it, it sounds terrible but for want of a better word if it's if it's them if it if it's them doing it as it as it were rather than having it done to them and I'm sorry I'm really wording that terribly you have to watch it to, <laughs> to, to really get a sense of the way that it's worded by the characters then that's fine because they're in control mm. so it, it's just a fascinating sense of what actually you know what the act of sex actually means to them it, I, I got the sense that there's no pleasure it's just the fact that they wanted to show to their friends to their peer group that they are in control of a sexual situation so they couldn't be defined as being weak or you know a, yeah. to use their terminology a faggot in that in that sense you know yeah 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 and it's it's kind of stark isn't it like say that, that the use of language and the use of ideas around this stuff is very is very starkly rendered it they they never talk about as if they have a right to treat women like this or to you know it's just these are the facts of our lives you know and they they that they just they live with those facts and that's those are the facts and they present them as if they are unshakable and that's where a lot of the sadness comes in you know that and i think that the decision from diop to focus so much on the idea of love is so bold because you know it's 
almost at this stage a kind of you know white middle class preserve in many ways you know of like the idea of like a loving family and a loving childhood and mm, yeah you know you just the realization that you know that these men like like a lot of men you know but like a lot of children the world over fundamentally missed out on the most important thing when they were growing up which was just to be loved you know and that you know the, the space for the answers which are big both in on call and towards tenderness in terms of what can be done to resolve these situations it's kind of it just sits there and it sits there in the fabric of the film you know with the the audience kind of having to having to sort of acknowledge that you know without being wanky but love is the answer you know like loving human beings you know embracing people and caring for people and being vulnerable and you know opening up in a world which is so starkly violent and aggressive at every turn is 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 kind of the only way to really address these fundamental things with these men and what was just to go back to something else you were saying before you were sort of saying about you know that your you responded to the kind of the formalism of saint omer and um on call more than these and these the kind of searching this was a searching film as as, as is we i think you know i would agree mm. with that but th they were the films where i felt the the denis most closely you know yeah. where that there is a you know there is a what she does in towards tenderness is, a, is is what she does kind of in all of her films in smaller ways but here it's the central formal approach which is the 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 kind of the rupture between sound and image you know so there is always a conversation between what we are seeing and what we are hearing she does this in kind of more ackerman ways in other films where we see these empty spaces and we hear these conversations and you know there's a space that grows in that but here it's it's the kind of the, the formal thesis of the film and but there was a kind of there was such a sensuality there because of these images which had no sound and then this very very intimate and very charged conversations that were were being had on the soundtrack you know i found that really yeah really moving in as a formal thing and i think the searching for me was the point as it was in we you know yeah. like that there is no whereas on, on call i you feel the presence of a filmmaker saying this is what i want to present as my idea and almost as an argument whereas in towards tenderness it's like i want to give these people the space to be themselves in the complexity of that and i'm going to guide it in a kind of you know in an ideological way through the the questions but i'm not going to i'm not going to present a kind of box it's going to be it's going to be much much more chaotic than that um and that's what's kind of striking is is that she can kind of flip between those two modes you know um at, you know and have very different formal experiences but, but but all rooted in these ideas of empathy i think you know she feels like a filmmaker who's interested in in presenting empathy you know as a as an idea throughout her work in in a way that's not just a kind of very base sympathy or you know like f letting people off the hook or but about actually trying to engage with a person's wholeness um yeah in 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 these really kind of cinematic ways like it's so cinematic towards tenderness yeah, yeah. you know like just the, the the experience of it 
Yeah, and you get with the. It's interesting because you do get the the images and the the voiceovers are obviously separate, but the way that they're synced then back together does does give you a sort of entry point, which is, you know, you feel that it's psychological as much as in, as much as just somebody telling their story, which I think is interesting when you move on to we, because I think that this is the moment where if the first two films are much more observational or much more, you know, the, the, the film director trying to sort of stay out of the way of what is being shown. Um, I think Diop in with we and Centomere is definitely, you know, turning the lens back on herself yeah. while still sort of offering these observational pictures of, of, of life. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I found we was the one I found the most difficult to watch in terms of, you know, oh, where is this going? You know, what are the connection points here? It, it, it's as, it's, it's the most abstract one. I, I think in that, in that sense, but also sort of starts to, starts to, um, turn the lens on that idea of the relationship to, to the mother, which obviously comes through in, in Cento Mare. So what did you make of, what did you make of We? I loved it. I really loved it. Um, and I loved it because it was both very simple. You know, I loved this, the idea of like, this is the unifying idea is, and you essentially, the, your, your language there was around, you know, connection points and where is this going? Because obviously that's the, 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 the idea of the film is that these are people whose lives um, are, are lived on a train line. So the rare B um, train line yeah. out of Paris, which is a commuter, commuter line, very, very popular, very busy line, you know. And I loved the way that the film felt like stepping off the platform and wandering around different stations and engaging with the lives of people there and seeing what comes out of that idea. You know, it's a very kind of Parisian flaneur kind of idea sure. um, of let's just take the journey and see what's along the way. And yeah, the way that slowly across the film, she sort of almost gains the confidence. I think it was shot over a few years, in in in, in bits and pieces to 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 place herself on that on that line, like you say, with you know sort of family stories, both home movies, but also kind of interviews, and then herself as well in in kind of conversation. You know, she almost across the film steps into it and and sort of yeah, sort of says like here here I am, and it just it shone a different light on those those stories, and I just similar to kind of both on call and towards tenderness i just i think she's got a gift for spending small amounts of time with people but 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 capturing something of them which sounds really pretentious and i don't and kind of wispy but i felt like the time she spent with these people was really meaningful in terms of allowing us to see them in kind of fascinating ways and seeing her fascination with these people and then moving on without it being like, oh, that would have been a great subject for a documentary on their own. You know, they they fit into the context of the whole in really kind of amazing ways. And I just, I just again, just loved, I think I loved the journey aspect of it and popping up here, popping up there with these different people and, and sort of getting glimpses of their lives and just feeling like, yeah, that these were 
people that you just don't see you know you just don't see these lives on screen and and she's actually taken this journey to find out who these people are where they live and what they do in in a I thought a really beautiful way um I thought it was fascinating yeah and again loved loved the way she sort of chose each character to have their own kind of formal or each set of characters I should say have their own formal representation in the whole you know it's all over the shop in terms of the way she films the way she records sound for each of you know each character gets their own kind of formal approach which often doesn't work but I found because it was rooted around this central idea of the train line kind of worked in this way in a way that it wouldn't work if you just did it when you popped into one place it, it was the the different spaces of it that, that really sort of connected for me yeah um and and the the individual stories were really interesting i thought you know i really liked that the, the, there was the car mechanic guy and the uh the the sort of nurse or home carer and you the sort of time in which that that was taken to sort of see their everyday lives and and the fact that they're you know they're both they're both sort of surviving on their own terms but it's also they were both kind of giving very much or helping other people that was their sort of mode of survival at the same time it was almost yeah. it's almost yeah. as if that they felt that they were actually quite lucky which was really interesting because you know from and again from a western eye you look at that and you think oh these guys you know these lives are really hard but i don't think that they sort of felt that way and what really sort of blew my mind or, or the thing that really affected me was when she she one of the segments where she was doing the voiceover herself and sort of talking about her parents and was that moment where she said to she 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 was talking about that the whole family were were paying in to a fund so that their when they were dead they could be taken back to Senegal and be buried back in Senegal right and she recounted this story about how her father had said to her, look, you need to start paying into this fund yourself so that then you can be sent back. And, you know, your remains could be sent back when you die. And, and like, first of all, that's a really interesting story in terms of the idea of, of you know, the, 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 the planet, planning for your mortality in, in one sense. But then, you know, the idea of, of there is a, you know, for want of a better word, the roots that we're that that immigrants are always looking back to and and in a very different way i have a, a similar sort of feelings about my own heritage in terms of being half spanish and and where that lays so i was kind of thinking about that but then when she she sort of said to her she said that she had said to her father well i'm not going to pay into this because i don't want to be my remains to be sent back i actually want to be buried here and she said something i think i'm paraphrasing here but you know that the the silence was was pregnant of the meaning of what that you know what that actually meant yeah and it was just that without actually saying it there was a sort of a recognition that she was not senegalese she was parisian and and there there was a now a, a complete disjuncture between what her parents thought they were and now what what she realizes she is in terms of the relationship to her, her, you know, her context in terms of, you know, where she's living and the idea of being French and born there and being a, a, a black French woman in, in a modern world. And, you know, all of these kinds of things and, and without actually having to say it in words like I've just done there, <laughs> you know, there was so much in that, in that, 
particular moment I thought that was really interesting. Absolutely, yeah. And then it links her to the other participants in the film, you know, the people who have made that journey. Yeah. And if they are, and, and, and their legacies, you know, their families in terms of that they've left behind, the families that they're building, the future families, you know, the, the, the kind of the black teenage girls, um, you know, what, what, what it means to be black, French, immigrant, you know, diasporic, um, woman, you know, like an, an, an agency and, and, you know, just again, the, 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 the simplicity of, of the, you know, the, the filmmaking kind of is, is, is really, is really kind of connected to kind of complex ideas in, in, in such, in such fascinating ways. Um, and then I loved the way that, yeah, that she carried that through in terms of like what's interesting about thinking about we and saint omer is like how how she brings forth some of the filmmaking you know aspects you know there's a lot of the kind of very formal compositions use of kind of color particularly empty space but also how she then brings forth her own story that from we into saint omer you know in these kind of home movies you know bringing forth the kind of the cinematic um cinematic ideas into the into that film so that you know and there's she does say this in an interview like that what are the differences between her documentary and her fiction work because if you look at them formally thematically there there isn't a difference you know all that's different is literally one is scripted with different character names and the others are you know are participants that, that, that have been found that represent themselves on screen and that connective tissue between films is also in in her in those in the films themselves you know she's able to connect all these ideas together using cinema formal formal ideas which i think is kind of kind of breathtaking you know in terms of the the the, the way she's able to do it and you know speaking as an academic i think it's fascinating that that that's her route, you know, yeah. as a as a kind of academic and kind of thinking, the the thinking is present, you know, like thinking through these ideas, and 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 kind of trying to present them in a in a unified way for the purpose of the the object at hand is 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 it feels very academic in in the kind of the the, the best type of academic thinking, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's also just before we we move on to saint omer i think that it's so at odds with the way in which the idea of of um immigration if i'm going to use that you know there's loads of different ways i could phrase it with diaspora as you've done um but that that sense of the immigrant story is so in depth in terms of the the way that the way that it's formally shown, but the stories that are being told are not are not given a kind of either a, a narrative or discursive framework that we're used to seeing. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you watch the news in the UK for any length of time, that the the way in which the framework by which how we can speak about immigration is very very bounded, you know, and. It, it puts you on one side or the other of a very black and white idea. Whereas here, you know, that the level of patience and concentration that is required 
which you know you could define as academic yeah. <laughs> in 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 the way that the the requirement of the audience to engage with the film is so at odds with what we're used to seeing and that's why it looks so so radical i think um when you're watching um her films and then when you come to something like saint omer and i think that there is a a sort of again a move forward in the awareness of what what mm. she's trying to do as a filmmaker yeah As you say, you know it's based on the story of a. It's based on the story of um, a, a character who is a, a literature professor and a novelist who is pregnant, and um, the character's name is Rama and played brilliantly. I mean, all, all the performances are really interesting because they have that sort of Brissonian reserve to them. Um, but Rama is played by Kaije Kagame, and. She is almost Alice Diop's surrogate, I think. You know, there's definitely a semi-autobiographical element here who go, travels to Saint-Omer, outside of Paris, to observe this trial of a character called Lawrence Coley, played by Guslaji Malanda. And so we get the, the story of this trial. Coley's a student, um, and again, a Senegalese immigrant who's accused of leaving... Um, her 15-month-old daughter on a beach to be swept away by the tide, essentially. And it is based on the 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 the, the Medea play, which, interestingly, I'd just seen a, a version of that in London starring Sophie Okonedo. So all of this kind of... Mm, interesting. This interesting mm. notion of of the... Yeah, the, the story of... The, the story of that play and the, and the kind of taboos that are... are are inherent within it in terms of you know the, the 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 it's almost seen as the the the, the oh god what's the word i'm looking for um it's like the 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 story of the ultimate judgment you know of a of a woman who has killed her own child which mm. interestingly i think is is still such a a, a fundamental taboo in terms of well if if any mother does that they are inherently evil and you know that there is no black and white around such a heinous crime but what's what's interesting about the play and then this film is the way in which that then is framed in the experiences of the character at its heart so that this woman who's being judged um in the trial but then also how the 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 character of Rama who is observing the tri uh, observing the trial and there's a sort of meta fictional element of it because you do know that this is the filmmaker who's 
setting up a person who is herself observing um how she comes to see the complex relationship with her own mother in has echoes in what in what she's seeing in this trial and feeling in terms of a personal connection to 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 the the woman who is being accused you know yeah and the medea stuff is interesting because it comes up really early in the film where she's talking about this project to uh agent i guess um and they sort of says you know that the, the, the notes came back and they don't really like the title they don't really know who medea is you know yeah um, yeah and and rama's like what do you mean they don't know who medea is like everyone knows who medea is and it's you know that's really interesting in terms of like that this this idea of myth and this idea of a kind of mythical understanding or correlation that, that we we sort of have between yeah kind of female characters and and women as sort of you know sentient agentic human beings um and how the way the this film because it uses these amazing uses these transcripts from the the trial in this kind of amazing way in terms of the way it incorporates it into the dialogue sure kind of really makes this really bold link between the roots of the Medea myth and the idea of womanhood and the role of the woman and the mother particularly and and you know kind of the, the character of Lawrence Coley as this kind of yeah avatar of of a real person that yeah kind of it just again really kind of makes you hone in on what is a myth and and where do they come from and what what are we actually saying when we engage with these mythical ideas are we not just trying to find kind of narrativizing ways of acknowledging the complexities of humanity which are sometimes very dark and we don't really understand you know i think it does that kind of amazing and to go back to the kind of that the the idea of these 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 characters what and, and and particularly immigration you know in terms of the idea of the immigrant or the refugee or the asylum seeker you know what I loved about the start of this film was how and I was like oh in other in any other film you'd have a scene where Rama because she's with her family at the start so she's she spends time with her family before she goes away she never tells them where she's going sure but in any other film you'd have this scene where they're like oh she's like I'm going to cover the trial of you know Lawrence Coley and then everyone would have an opinion on it and you'd have this very you know abrupt kind <laughs> yeah. of direct you know almost like Greek chorus of opinions about this woman and what she's done and it's so interior you know it's so rooted in Rama as the the person who's going to lead us through this this narrative that it's kind of it was striking like oh thank god they didn't do that you know she just turns up and the yeah, echoes yeah, yeah, yeah. of that you know the echoes of that family time as we learn about Rama's life and that they unravel in these really interesting ways is just so so it's handled so much better and again it's just you just feel like this hand of a documentary filmmaker being like this is this is not serving my story this is not serving the the truth of what i want to get at so to be able to kind of switch into a scripted mode and do that is, i think it was was fantastic and it just gives yeah it, it, it just places us in that courtroom with rama and yeah we're we're much more able to see the links that she's feeling in her connection to Lawrence Coley and what it means to her as a woman and as a you know 
um, uh, as a daughter and that kind of thing in these ways which are so specific but you know as, as the old saying goes the specific is universal and it becomes much more universal in terms of our ability to understand women uh, mothers you know human you know as, as, as human beings with with kind of complex lives and then particularly black women who have you know historically been you know treated you know in these kind of really oppressive ways even in with the sphere of, of, of kind of women's experience is is so so powerfully done um yeah it's and, and then just kind of again through that kind of wiseman use of time spending a lot of time with someone explaining messily not very coherently because what can be coherent what they've done it just this this power emerges which is yeah just kind of overwhelming yeah i mean i, I mean i don't find it messy at all i, I just found it, it you know intellectually uncompromising in, in in a way that i really sort of respected and that's both in a, an aesthetic sense i think that yeah no sorry know, sorry yeah so, go ahead yeah Sorry, what I meant is messy. Is in terms of her ex- her explanation is messy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. She, it's not a very simple, direct. You know, that's what I mean. But the the film is not yeah, messy yeah. at all. But but yeah, but yeah. The, what she says about why she did it and is is messy because it's a mess. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah but there's no. But, yeah, but, no, but right. in, yes, the film's not but, messy at all. But but in that sense, I think that it it's kind of like. I, I, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that word in this in instance. Not to sort of you know say that you're wrong, Neil, but just to say that I think that in in a sense that that she is she is the telling the story as as she sees it she is giving the truth as she understands what and and also saying she doesn't know when she she doesn't know why in a direct sense because everybody's searching for answers so it's and and i think what's there's so many elements of it that that are that 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 challenge preconceptions i think both in a cinematic sense but also in a thematic sense so you know, I can definitely see here the the correlations with with Ackerman in terms of the the sort of radical formalism and the way that the the the, the camera is situated and the expositional elements that that require again that sort of sense of patience and concentration to 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 really understand what's going what's going on here. And it, and it, for me, it needs a second watch, and I really hope I can catch it in the the cinema at some at some sense, but in at some point in the future. Um, but what I really, really loved as well was how it attacked these these subjects that are just taken for granted in the way that they're depicted. So, for example, the idea of a black female immigrant being, you know, intellectually um, articulate and inc- incredibly smart. And both both women are. I mean, I think that at the one point in the story, you know, that it, it's interesting how she she comments on how the newspapers um, are, uh, you know, they, they're writing in a tone as if to say, yeah, that the woman in the dock, this this Senegalese woman, is she talks in this incredibly erudite way, you know, and you can see that that Diop is trying to say this is the way that that you know popular culture depicts black women they don't expect them to be smart and to be able to you know talk in that in in, in that in that sense you know to be able to articulate in in that way so it's playing around with that and um and also the idea that the notion of of motherhood 
has the possibility of undermining the autonomy of a female subject, I think is at the heart of what is going on here. So, you know, the idea that that, that this, this character, this woman was a sense of herself and the idea that that was being lost because of motherhood in it. And that that is a question then that, that Rama has to kind of think through herself because you can see these moments where she knows her life is going to change because she's about to have a baby and she has this problematic relationship with her own mother. You get these flashbacks where, um, you know, the scenes around the kitchen of her younger self and, and, and there's very much a sort of uh, a distance between her and her mother and that, that feeds into her, the relationship that she has with her uh, her sisters and her mother you know, right now, before, and as you say, you know, the, the, the sort of elements of that at the beginning and at, at the end, and you can, and you see, she's got this, uh, she, her, her husband is, is a, a white guy who, and, 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 and you get these sort of, these sort of senses of, or oh, what, who is my daughter going to bring, what am I, what am I, what world am I bringing, bringing her into, um, and, the, you know, there's sort of, sort of the, the vivid descriptions of what is going on in the courtroom, there are complex moral arguments here that reflect how all of our actions are, are shaped by context. And, and, you know, it moves to that point of, of asking the question, is anything elementally wrong or, or right? And when we get the descriptions of, of um, Coley's backstory, you know, it, it makes us begin to think slightly differently about, about the actions that, that she's taken so yeah it's really complex in the in 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 that sense and 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 just worthy of 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 of, of sort of so much praise and and dedicated time i think to, to sort of think through some of the things mm. that are, are going on here yeah i've just been thinking there about what you said about the idea of the word messy not being adequate um you know because i think you're right you know that it's not and it, the reason I've been thinking about it is because language is so important to this film and it's important to Diop. You know, she's talked a lot about the importance of language and, yeah, you know, the, it's complexity and intricacy and, you know, in a kind of Derridian sense, insufficiency. Um, and how the, the the focus particularly of the prosecution is on language, you know, and how the ambivalence and the ambiguity of the truth that Lawrence Coley shares is not adequate enough for what the perception of the crime and her acts is societally. You know, it, 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 there is a kind of tension between the expectation that it's a simple, understandable you know kind of motive and reason and what emerges is something which is more convoluted more chaotic more tortured and you know kind of confusing in terms of the the, the which as you say kind of is a kind of constant reminder that the more we actually spend time thinking the more confusing the more unpleasant and the more yeah kind of complex things become and the the fear that emerges of spending time in that space, you know, and it's such so interesting towards the end of the film where 
Rama says that she's scared she'll be like her. Yeah. And there's a kind of tension that rises in the gut, or it did for me, and it rises in Pierre, who's her partner, of like, who do you mean? Do you mean you're going to kill your child? But she says it's her own mother, you know. But again, it's all in the language. I'm scared of being like her, you know. And we end up focusing on the words because we want them to have a meaning which comforts us and makes us feel like we understand things. And at every turn, it can't. It can never do that, you know. And I think it's such a beautiful film about that that, yeah, I'm really pleased that you push back on the word messy because it's not the right word and it's you know and it's it would be unfair to this film to just let it be taken as the right word you know because this film works so hard to remind us that there probably isn't the right word but 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 the searching for it and the sitting with the possibilities is what is something that we can do and should do way more than than, than we, we normally do yeah, no, I mean, I think that <laughs> this conversation that we've had, I've felt it, the right word is messy because I feel like I'm, I'm, I've kind of, it's such a difficult thing to articulate, you know, the, 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 the levels of, um, of kind of analysis, I think, that are going on here in a cinematic sense from the director. I mean, not, <laughs> not from us in this sense, you know, and, and, and it's almost kind of, you know, I feel like I'm kind of scratching at the surface of of the work here, and and you know, partly that might be to do with the with the sense that I am, you know, our identities are so distanced from the 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 subjects that Diop is interested in and her own experiences as well. And it's like, why 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 should I have ac- access to to a you know a clear understanding of what is going on here? But all you can do is kind of take the work as it is, I think, and and yeah. Like I say, it's it's a film I think that I'd, I'd really need to sort of see again, really, yeah. to, to yeah. have much more of a an interesting, you know, interesting is the wrong word, but much more of a, a, a kind of sense of how how to work through uh, the issues that, that that I think that that Diop is is interested in here. And again, I don't think I mean if, if there is a messiness, I think maybe the director herself would 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 sort of say that I'm not trying to draw conclusions here and, and from some of the stuff that I've read particularly like the the Vanity Fair article which I thought was really interesting um you know it's definitely not a, a, a case of a filmmaker just you know discursively r- reaching answers no and you know in Yasmina Price's interview with her for Screen Slate you know Price sort of opens the the thing by sort of reminding people that you know this is not a debut film. This is a filmmaker who's been working at a very high level for a very long time. So I think a lot of our inability to capture in an hour this filmmaker is because this is a major filmmaker who is working at a very, very high level. And we've both had very short, intense introductions to this filmmaker's work, which has kind of left us grappling with, you know, both what we've seen and how to talk about it which i think you know is is hopefully the the result it will be that you know our listeners if they're unaware of this filmmaker or if they haven't seen any of the other you know we'll we'll kind of we'll dig it out and and similarly sit with that that stuff which is you know the hope isn't it that 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 that's what that's what our people's experience of listening to the podcast is not just that we've waffled for an hour but that we've tried to find a way into this incredible body of work and 
and sort of yeah shone a light on it for people who might not necessarily know of the, of it yeah absolutely so ho- hopefully we've done that at least <laughs> and you know these films are available on movie so you know it, it's definitely worth 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 kind of taking the time out i think to to look at a body of work um you know, on the back of, of what we say, say so you can, we can actually don't take our word for it. Just go and see the films. But but um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there to actually read around Alice Diop, and and I think that Saint and Mayor will hopefully a, a afford her further opportunities to continue. You know, on this on this trajectory of, as this um, particular kind of um, or you know unique filmmaker in many ways. Yeah, well said. Well said. Miles was just popped in to uh, add his weight to the uh, the Diop fan base. No um, worries. <laughs> Probably have something slightly more insightful to, than us to say. Maybe. Maybe yes, yes. I would. I, it wouldn't be hard. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, I hope people have liked this hour-long trailer for Alice Diop's work. So yeah, thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Thanks, Dario, for yeah, I really, I really love that conversation. You know, again, because I do enjoy just hearing you think through things um, and sort of being able to bounce bounce my reactions off you. It's been yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad you're editing that one, not me. That's for sure. <laughs> With all my pauses and hesitations, trying to think about <laughs> about what I'm actually meaning and and saying. It's yeah, that was one of those where I was clearly aware that my uh, thoughts and my speech were, you know, uh, more disconnected than they have been in recent episodes. Maybe so. Maybe in in uh, in kind of in honor of Diop and Frederick Wiseman, I'll just leave really, 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 really long pauses. Podcast gold. So. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, so we'll be back soon with Dario's uh, long-awaited kind of uh, psychoanalytic exploration. Um, but for now, uh, thank you, Dario. Thank you, everyone. This has been the Cinematologist Podcast. Thanks for listening.